Good evening, everybody. G'day, Mike. How are you, mate? I'm fantastic. Yogi. Awesome. Hello, Craig. Are you well? Oh, mate. Living the dream. Living the dream. We've got a special right. guest in the studio tonight. Listening in. Maybe special maybe have a guest. show of her own. G'day, Colette. How are you going tonight? I'm good, guys. How are you? Uh, Boo-boo. A little bit of a learner. Yeah. Boo boo, you know. I'm in training. And the work experience kids come into the studio and uh, bring your child to work button. day. Bring your child to work day. That'd be like me if I was there. And if I had any sense to tweak the buttons, that'd be me. What do I do with this one? Go, don't touch it. What about that? Don't touch it. What about that one? I'm not allowed to touch that one. Don't touch it. Just don't touch anything. Anyway, we've we've agreed that. <laughs> We've agreed that it isn't just as simple as turning the dial on in here and away you go. Yeah, so Rogue, uh, Yogi, don't ask me to go rogue again, please. <laughs> yeah, no, we, hey, Colette, we're going rogue. There's no, we're going to break transmission and we will do it old school. You will have it. There is no dramas whatsoever. And just remember, Colette, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got uh, well. rain and hail in Victoria must be wet down that way. I've heard of someone that got a little bit stuck in some um, muddy, a muddy situation today, and oh right, eh? and um, bushfires in uh, Queensland, which are actually quite severe. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it has been very hot, perfect, perfect weather for a bushfire. Yeah. So yeah, everyone well. be very diligent. Don't start fires. and It's not the time of the year to have a barbecue out in the sticks. No, 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 no. Have a plan. Have a plan. No. We like to make a plan when the shit is the best. Mm. You should have a plan before. <laughs> should be. Should be. Who likes to make a plan when the shit is the best? <laughs> <laughs> on the bumper sticker. Yeah. It's all on the bumper sticker. Yeah. Or a plan on the T-shirt. Oh, no, we might put yeah. them out. <clears throat> what's, what's the other tagline there, Yogi? Oh. Craig, you ask me that every week, and every week I just forget. How is it? We'll make, yeah. we'll make it happen. What is it? Hashtag. 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 Hashtag make it happen. That's make, right. Hashtag. Put your two fingers together and get amongst it. Yeah. Make no mistake, wasn't it? Make yeah, no make mistake. mistake. That's good. I reckon yeah. that's got to be the road show. The ro- of, uh, make no mistake. You know, the road show has got to be make just, no mistake. just shows the, uh, the age of the commentators here when we can't even remember our own taglines. <laughs> we had a 
Yeah, it's a little bit going on at the moment. We, oh, going to write that down. You should write it down because I can't remember it. Well, you've probably yeah, forgotten it already. You struggle to know what day it is. That's right. Well, that was one of my lead-off <laughs> questions. Are you well, Mike, and what day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful, mate, and it's Wednesday today. It's, uh, I know ah, see, because you're working on the weekend and you think it's Friday or... Oh. Upstairs, and I could hear this little beep beep, and I'm thinking, What's that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it stops. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we would have no idea. Yesterday, we were out way out the back of Hyde, way out the back of Wave Rock. Oh, oh really? Out. Yeah, way out in the scrub there yesterday, me and Amanda Janey. Being tourists or working? Yeah, being tourists on a paid job. Oh, I don't know how they get paid for this job. I mean, it's such an excellent job when we get to drive around. And then we split up, and then we figured out we needed each other, so we regrouped and got back together. That's how yesterday went. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds well, right. I, think, well, I, didn't, I didn't know I needed Amanda on this job this morning until I rang and got confirmation that I need Amanda on this job this morning. <laughs> so we split up, and then I had to wait an hour for Amanda to pack up, and basically went in two different directions. So, yeah. uh, and Amanda had to that. Tracking. That is tracking. That is tracking. So tonight. Yeah. So they put up with your rubbish, mate. Well, then, then we split up again because she went to the motel and I went down the road alone. So I was being a good husband. And yeah. uh, she stayed in the motel and I stayed in the truck because then I could, she could get a longer sleep in and I could go and load early and be ready for her. <laughs> so, right, right, right. She's done very well today. She brought me a coffee from the local. Baker's Hill Bakery and only got a coffee. Yeah, right. Um, anyone you knows you come out of Perth on the Great Eastern Highway, Baker's yeah. Hill has one of the best bakeries going around. Oh, I know. It, it is chock-a-block full of all sorts of greatness. Not good, greatness. Greatness. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But anyway. Oh, just bang on everything. Everything is spot on. Yeah. So Rose and I used to stop coffee. there all the time. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, and I'll have to stop there in December because we get through this challenge, mm. and uh, we're feeling pretty good about it all. So yeah, I haven't felt like a pie, but it's been hot, so that's all good when you're not when it's hot. You're not feeling like pie. It's the pie weather. They yeah. do some nice sausage rolls and pasties at the Baker's Hill Bakery as well. No, nah, no, nah, can't. No, you know, fun fact for all you playing along at home people: never bought a sausage roll on the road. Have you really? Don't like them. Homemade oh, sausage roll, bang on the money. But I've never bought a sausage roll out on the road. You know, I, I bought a sausage roll down at um, down at uh, where I loaded the bloody calcium nitrate. Yeah. Down at Mulwala. There's a little bakery uh-huh. just around the corner heading yeah. into where we go and load the, the calcium nitrate. Yeah. Homemade sausage pie, mate. Right on point. Beautiful. Was Absolutely. it? Uh, was it? 
was it the gift that keeps giving and you still ate it till Sydney or? No, 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 no. I ate it once. <laughs> I only ate it, only ate it once. <laughs> I just keep turning around and bringing it I, back. I, no, have had, I, have, I, I have had pies and sausage rolls that, that you eat for several days. I, I, I mean, <laughs> That's a big sausage roll. And, and, yeah, and, and look, for the, for the good listeners of On The Road Radio, I'm not avoiding pastries. I'll have a pasty or, you know, Cornish pasty or a lovely yeah. pie. I just don't buy a sausage roll. Amanda makes yeah. homemade ones. My mum makes really good homemade ones. I've heard So if, if you want them, you get them out of the freezer. And get, <laughs> and get a Yagi's mum. I'm sure she's out there listening. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully yeah. she'll be over here soon making a sausage roll, stocking in the freezer. Cool. We emptied the freezer the other day because we're getting sheep. Coming oh, no. Sheep are worth nothing. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. the yeah. so still worth a up. bit at Woolworths, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, all the leading, any other of your major supermarkets. Mm. Yeah. Paying a fair bit for a bit of lamb. Yeah. Lamb cutlets are about 40 bucks a kilo, I think. Mm. Oh, which is ridiculous. They're, they're, like, they're, they're like eating prawns. They're yeah. a complete waste of time. <laughs> well, what I don't understand, what I don't understand, there were sheep that were passed in. At the auctions, uh, people that I know were, were talking about it, 50 bucks for a sheep. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Well, they... No, they, they were getting passed, passed in or offered for a dollar the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just getting ridiculous. Well, they were saying that by the time they paid the transport, they were saying by the time they paid the transport, the fees and all that sort of stuff, Take home money for a sheep was thirty five bucks. Yeah, uh, how can they survive? Got to cost yeah. them all that to grow it. Mm. It does. I don't, uh, I don't understand. I mean, my my two bobs worth on the live sheep I thought is ridiculous. Like my, we 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 have some of the best uh, animal welfare in in the world, yeah. and they get on on the board on the you know get on a boat and go. Yeah. Why why are we not sending more sheep on boats? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we've just got a, an oversupply problem at the minute. You know, lambs have been good prices, so I suppose everyone switches around like happens in agriculture in Australia. And, you know, the next thing we're breeding too many, but, um, yeah. I, I think there's more tools than that, though, Craig, because I'm out of here. Is that it? Do you reckon that's just it, or do you reckon there's more tools? I reckon there's more tools, but I could be wrong. Well, I don't know. I'm not a farmer. No. Oh, we've only had a few generations of farming, but I don't think that counts for much. But so you, you don't, you don't bugger all about it then. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. You're, you're just the devil's advocate. Yeah. Yep, well, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, most of it's an oversupply. I think the other thing is, you know, people are probably going for a few cheaper cuts at the minute because of the the um, cost of living. So that yeah. that can play into it, but. You know, there's certainly been oversupply, and with what Yogi's talking about here, with the the changes in export, um, yeah. there, there's no way to get rid of of a few different style of lambs. Like prime lambs never went on yeah. a boat from Australia. Like people, no. if they believe no. that's the case, you're kidding yourself. You know, yeah. the, the, the export game was, you know, either uh, first like uh, merino weathers or. Um, Older sheep, or maybe some first cross things, but you know, not not usually. It's prime lambs went, always went to the market, but those other types are hitting the market now. Um, so yeah, it's cheaper oversupply. Yep. Anyway. Okay.
Some, some countries right. actually limit what a grower can grow. Right, they'll say, well, you know, Jimmy Jones over here, you can grow five thousand lambs this year, and that's it. Yeah. Um, to avoid that, but anyway, that's another story for another night. Why? Well, um, I don't understand. Yeah, when I was in the states, there's not a lot of lamb in the states. I know. No, they're big. Stage, they're big beef eaters over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have thought that the lamb would be. There, I mean, it is it is the red meat, I suppose. Mm. Yep, does a job. It's probably viewed more as goat over there than what it is as lamb, but it is. Yeah, it is more of a um, I wouldn't say delicacy, but you know, a bit different over there. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. beef, beef prices right. in Australia aren't aren't going real well at the moment either. But we're still paying pretty good coin. So yeah, yeah. What I don't understand is why the farmers are all getting screwed. And we go out into Woolies or Coles or wherever we're going to go and buy our meat, and we're paying top dollar. Where's the money going? Mm. Well, you just have to say to the establishment, <laughs> yeah, it's going to whoever's got the building. Like, like Whoever owns that building like the, is getting the money. Mm. Everyone's carrying on about the cost of living. Well, I was listening to the news there before on the road radio news. I was listening to. And they were talking about how the cost of living has uh, gone up, the, in, the inflation rate's gone up uh, with 5.9% or some bloody thing, and the cost of uh, everything's going up. And yet some or another, they're talking about the Reserve Bank saying, oh, well, we'll lift the interest rates. How the hell is lifting the interest rates and crucifying some people some more because they happen to have a mortgage and some aspirations to own a house? How does that fix inflation? Am I stupid? Oh, we've probably all got different calculators to the ones that um, make the rules there, I think. I don't, I don't understand. I honestly don't understand how screwing the interest rates up does anything other than benefit the banks. Mm. Well, traditionally, a raise in interest rates is to help slow the economy because people are spending money in air, like because they've got too much money. But <clears throat> the problem is now... Most people don't have too much money. It's it's just a, there's this other circumstances which are causing things to be expensive. And, you know, the number one blame, we've been living this one for a couple of years now, is COVID. But, you know, the, the supply and demand thing, you know, we've been overpricing cars, groceries, gas, electricity, whatever you, whatever it is. It's Everything's gone up. Yeah. So people aren't spending more money on... Um, unnecessary consumption. They're spending more money on the necessary things used to fill your shopping basket, yeah. and, and that is not not a reason to put up interest rates. You know, it, it doesn't fix the problem. All it does is make their house it more expensive, and it makes it tougher for them to buy their day to day goods. Yeah. So it makes all of us poorer. It makes all of us poorer, but yeah, it particularly yeah. the people that have got interest of a mortgage on their house. Yes, I think it's fundamentally wrong. Mm. I was only only thinking the other day, like we're putting a fuel levy on stuff, but it's not really a fuel levy. Everything no. levy. Mm. It is. Yep. So everything's gone up. There's nothing that's um, thing. But I, even and how they calculate um, inflation, you know, the things, the biggest things that are going up, are not included in the basket. So, you know, our our inflationary figure is probably incorrect. To start with, yeah, but 
yeah. you know, that's, yeah, I don't know, if you follow politics or the or monetary policy, then, you know, it's hard to understand because they they jiggle that, you know, in a, if we're in the same terms of reference to what a recession is 20 years ago, we'd be in a recession right now, but they changed, changed the reference, so... Well, the word recession hurts people's feelings. Mm. Yeah, or they panic. <laughs> they panic. don't want it, that's right. They don't, no one wants to claim it. They just, no one wants to be in charge of a recession. Apart from hardline people. Like, oh, was it? Jeez. Paul Gerding, this is a recession we had to have. Mm. Yeah, hardline. I remember that. I remember that. It. It. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of hurt feelings, you know what? <laughs> You know what's hurt my feelings today? Oh, it could be Ooh. anything. Could be anything. This is totally controversial, right? You've got to find out exactly how I feel about something now. Mm-hmm. Not like as if I keep a lot of secrets about that. The bloody Canterbury Bankstown Buddy Council have decided that they are going to fly the Palestinian flag. Oh. Oh. Oh? Really? And they're going to let the Palestinian people have peaceful protests on council lands. Mm. Re- seriously. Re- so Canterbury Bankstown, I didn't yep. realise that was uh, entrenched in Palestine. No, it's not. But uh, they do have a large... In Sydney, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's near Canberra. Near Canberra. <laughs> near Canberra. <laughs> Wrong. Apparently, apparently one of the council, one of the councillors tabled the motion to fly the Palestinian flag, and it was unanimously voted that they would do that. So, God, you know, I thought we lived in Australia. Oh, yeah. Oh, can you imagine? And, and if everybody put up an Australian flag, look at the outcry it'd be. Mm. The backlash that we get from putting up an Australian flag. Phenomenal. Well, I know. Without going into all of these, like there's there's that much going on on the Gaza Strip, mate, that we don't know about. We don't understand. But mm. I, I don't understand it. It's been going on for years. There's a whole argument there between this whole the whole thing. I don't. I've got no clue how it all works. All I know is this: the Hamas fighters are not the Palestinians. They're, 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 they're just. They're not, you can't even call them fighters. What they are is thugs. That's what they are. And they've gone over there and they've bloody raped and murdered and done all that. And then for one of our councils to say, we will fly the flag to support that, to me, that is just so far beyond the pale. It is just, I can't believe it. She's certainly a bit questionable, isn't it? Well, whether you you agree with it or not, and now we're sending troops. We're sending two RAAF aircraft today with a contingent of troops to support Australians that are in the area. How the hell are they going to do that? You know? Don't know. I was trying to watch it on the news in the morning, but I, I must admit it's a little bit even hard to understand what exactly is going on and who's fighting who. I don't know. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Mainstream media. Well, you unless you see it with your own eyes, how can you trust it? But the, but the, other, the, but the other part that we are... <laughs> well, you know, the, the problem that we've got is that we get stuck with all this stuff. We're getting involved in stuff that we really shouldn't be involved in simply because the Americans are. Mm. And I just, you know, 
does my head in. So now you know, I, I, I think that the Hamas people have done the wrong thing. I don't stand with Israel particularly. I'm not going to say I stand with Israel. I don't know enough to stand with anyone. All I know, all I know is that us fly the Palestinian flag in support of anything that's going on over there, to me, in my gut, is wrong. Mm. There you go. That's there you go. A, that's you know. a minute with Mick, is it, or five or 15? Or... No, uh, that, that, was, that was only a minute. That cool. was a minute. So moving on, Michael. Okay. <laughs> um, we, had, we, do have, we do have a guest on tonight. We've got two, actually. So for, yep. first up, we're going to have Glenn Stirl on. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about um, rest areas, believe it or not. Am uh, I allowed to ask you about cost of living and all that sort of stuff, or is that out of bounds? And, and Palestine and all that? Ask who, Glenn? Yeah, it's probably out of bounds, really. We can't do that. We can't really rack him up for that. Uh, uh, don't think he's got much to do with it. No, he's got fucker all to do with it. Except being part of the Australian government. But anyway... We, yeah, we, yeah. we could ask him in a, in a lovely, polite manner. <laughs> so, but anyway, we might go to a song. Yeah, you might never come on again. <laughs> and um, we'll get Glenn on the phone. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ask him, eh? We'll talk to him off air, mate, and see what he has to say about that. Yeah. So, anyway, a bit of Bob Seeger here. They haven't said that, that the listeners should know that he wasn't ever got on the bloody radio station tonight to talk about any of that. No, so, no. So. You know, and to be fair, that's not his area of responsibility and it's not something that the government really should have. He shouldn't probably talk on it. That's, no. To be, to be fair. That's right. So, you know, the foreign minister the foreign minister's the one. Perhaps we can get him to call Penny for us. We can talk to Penny about it. Maybe. I'm sure Is she in the country? Or she moved uh, out? I don't know. I don't think she's not in the since I know she's not, she's not in America. I've never seen her in Australia. I know she's not in America. I don't say that. All right. Well, then she's not in the country, then. Mm. I don't know where she is, but I know she's not in America. Right, Jesus, it's hard to shut you two up sometimes. <laughs> well, well, well I was just going to go to a song and cut you off, and then we'll get no choice, do you? Right, we'll be right back, everybody.
Welcome back, everybody. We uh, haven't had much of a chance to talk to Glenn off air, but welcome, Glenn. How are you tonight? <laughs> Top of the world, mate. How are you, Mike? I don't know if Yogi's on board. Oh, they're, well. both, they're both here. I'm there, mate. We're always here, there, and everywhere. I've just been, I've just been, just so that you know, I've been sounding off about bloody Lebanon and bloody the Gaza Strip and the bloody council in bloody Sydney wanting to fly the Palestinian flag. And and then I said, we should ask you about it. Then I said, well, to be fair, it's not your area of expertise, and that's not what we were going to get you on about. So. I don't expect I don't expect you to comment on it, mate. But uh, we're just saying how we think it might be. We're just saying how we think. I think it's pretty poor that uh, they've chosen to fly a bloody Palestinian flag to the Canterbury Bankstown Council. But that's, that's oh, no, no, no question, don't answer, right? Oh no, 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 no! I'm bothered. Mate, I, I saw, you know, we all we all watched in shock those horrific scenes by those bloody terrorists, Hamas, mate, coming over the border into Israel, you know, yeah. and, and, mate, I'm just quite clear, I, I have been to Israel six times. Um, yeah. And make no mistake about that, but, um, oh, my goodness me, you know, and, having, and the hostages. I mean, these people are barbaric. But on the same token, geez, I do feel sorry when you see the carnage, when innocent, when innocent, Civilians get caught up, and I'll say this, mate, really clearly. Yeah. Uh, Hamas are no friends of the Palestinian people. And now yeah. this will copper, this will be a lot of back, you know, back flack here, you know, like Israel has the right to defend itself. There's, there's no argument. Right. Yeah. Absolutely no argument. But, oh, by crocky, mate, you know, I'm one of those ones I'd love to see a two-state solution. But how the hell is yeah. that going to happen when you've got lunatics barbaric, murderous lunatics like Hamas and Hezbollah, who are terrorist organisations who use their own people for cannon fodder, mate. Mm. And I do, feel, I do feel sorry for the civilians that are caught up in it. Absolutely, I do, mate. Well, we're all Jeez. on the same page. We'll Can I ask you, Glenn, what, what did you go to... So did you go to Israel for work or for... you want to check the country out? Well, no, 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 it was all for... No, it was all for... Look, I was the guest of the Australian-Israel-Jewish Affairs Council... Um, uh, and uh, on one occasion, I did a parliamentary delegation twice, I think, and three times I was on the uh, Australia-Israel-UK dialogue that's run by a, a, a fellow out of Melbourne, a really successful Jewish businessman, uh, Albert de Don, and he runs these uh, these dialogues, and I've been on three yeah, of them, mate. So yeah, yeah. yeah right on. and I, oh, look, I'll tell you this before before the haters start ringing, before the haters start ringing, right? Um, I've actually met the PLA twice, and it's Fatah, and I have actually met the PLO. That was interesting. Right. Over at Ram- and both those times on the West Bank in Ramallah, we did visit in in you know uh, armored vehicles. What do you call them? Bulletproof vehicles and all that. But yeah, yeah. You know, mate, you know, we went over there and had a chat with them. Yes, anyway. Yeah. Let's just oh, hope so. Well, that's a pretty, pretty cool part of your job. That is. There is no. Hey, hey, hey Yogi, I'm yeah. going to tell you, mate. This is this yeah. is the third best job I've ever had. I can tell you. But it is. Yeah. fan mate, I've had some magnificent opportunities. I make yeah, no mistake. Great. I've met people that I thought I would never. Oh, I didn't even know they existed. I've seen things that, you know, that I've just. It's privileged. Just yeah. wish I didn't have to go to Canberra and do Parliament. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it'd be good if you didn't have to come in the country, wouldn't 
Sounds like, sounds like uh, someone's on the Jake break there, Gogi. No, that was me. That yeah, was I, know, me. I know it was. <laughs> it was me. Yeah. Oh, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't me. <laughs> Walking around my shed here today is where I am. I've got a, I had a breakdown at the start of the week that caused me a half a day lapse midweek. Righto. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Righto, Glenn. So... The reason we had a chat the other day, because we were in the same room. We were. Talking about some stuff. We were, definitely. Yeah, so we were there trying to uh, recommend a few things on parking bays. Absolutely, mate. And I'm happy to talk as much as I can about it, mate. So I feel we had a very productive day. Yep. We changed the agenda. Oh, we frightened the living Dallas out the bureaucrats, didn't we? Oh, well, we did a little. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, yes, we can talk about J- that. JFDL, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we yes. did it. We did it. We got um, some recommendations we the through, up. and they should be forwarded off to some other people <laughs> soon. Huh. You, might be, you might be able to explain that process a little better than yeah, me. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So look for your listeners, Craig and uh, Yogi <laughs> and Mike, uh, so we did come together, the uh, Heavy Vehicle uh, Rest Area Strategy Group. Um, the the agenda had us there all day, um, but there was a, mis, a misinterpretation because uh, they thought that we weren't there to roll the sleeves up and start marking off. So as uh, as Craig said, we changed the agenda. We, we got into it. There were nine proposals. I cannot tell you the actual proposals because, not that I can't remember them, it's just that it hasn't gone to the minister yet. Uh, the department did their marking on the nine and then it came down to us. And I just want to say this, guys, and Craig, back me up. And I appreciate there are certain markings the government has to do. And that's terms around financial viability to make sure that the states or the local governments, you know, can fund it, make sure that they've got the people to do the work, the feds don't do the work. So there are hurdles that have to be jumped over, which we expect that with taxpayers' dollars. But when all is said and done, and I'm backing my... How many of us are on there, Craig? Nine? Ten? Whatever uh, there is of us? Ten, well, ten there altogether, ten including us. you. Yep, yep. So nine and a half. So <laughs> I am backing the other nine. This is about heavy vehicle rest areas. This is what truckies want. And mm. if our truckies don't tick it off, to me, it ain't... Um, it ain't plausible. Mm. And uh, I think that's the, I can safely say that's the view of the whole committee. So we did do, we looked at nine. Every state of Australia had at least one, except the Northern Territory, but they're coming to us. And I can say, Craig, and uh, uh, we we went in depth. And what we did do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the mould here. And, and Mike and Yogi, I think you will, you will back this to the hilt. I can't mm. talk, even though I have an equal vote the same as Craig, I can't talk about the benefits of a rest area when I in another state that I have absolutely no idea about. And yep. the whole committee is of that same opinion. <clears throat> yep. So what we do do is we flick to the operators on the committee who know that area, who know that road, yep. or who know that proposal. And that yep. way, if our operators, I'll tell you right now, if our operators, so if Craig's, if there's a proposal from New South Wales or Queensland, and I turn, and this was one occasion, I turned to Craig, I said, do you know that area? He knew it. I didn't know yeah. it. And if Craig, or, or if it's, or look, it doesn't matter who it is, if it's Bruce or, or it doesn't matter if it's, if it's Heather or, or Rod, 
or, or Frank, if they say, I know this area, this is a bloody good project, well, they're going to get my yeah. full backing. Yeah. That's how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And if none of us know it, if none of us know it, it's back to the drawing board. Yeah. So so what we did do is there was, oh, yeah, Craig, what was there about six or no? Was there about six or seven we said no-brainers? Uh, I think we would have Five. had six. Um, six. One, one further information, which was a great proposal. It, it yep. did just have a little, you know, <clears throat> separation oh. issue there. But um, <clears throat> on the whole, it was a great proposal and they, you know, basically get to tick as long as they come back with a, a fix More for that. Um, that's right. You know, one that's got some merit but needs further costings done on it um, <clears throat> and one that, well, in my opinion, was a money grab. Well, it didn't get past code, did no, it? But it didn't no, get to collect two hundred no. bucks. It just so, went straight to jail. Yeah, but look, it, um, it'll get yeah. referred back to them, and if they can find just cause or a, or a better thing, and you know, one of our parts, and, and you can read this publicly in the in the um, format for it, is that you have to, if you want to change an existing parking bay, you at least have to add more parking to it. Right. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, yep. so if you want money and you've got something that's existing that's got five trucks, you've got to add something to it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what else we've got. We mustn't forget this, Craig, which I didn't know. I learnt the other day. I was, I was quite pleasantly surprised when the bureaucracy told us that pub, um, private proponents can uh, – we can, we can – now help me out with the wording here, Craig. <laughs> we, we can look at – we can look – just say if they wrote us – or a uh, yeah, if a roadhouse wants to uh, extend its parking area and bitumise it and yep. make it easier for the truckies to shower and sleep and all that, yep. they can uh, actually put a proposal in too, yep. which so is they, great. They can work through that co-contribution themselves. So in regional areas, <laughs> you're looking at that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, so you're looking yep. at eighty twenty split. So if, if a service station wanted to extend next door to them, whatever. The only the only requirement there. And it would be applicable to most, particularly on the highways, is that 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 area that they want to use must be public land. Government land. So yeah, the, the can't, money well, that, can't be used to acquire land or anything like that. Yep. But there also that is... That on that bit of dirt there at BP Woven, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, spot on, yeah, you. If, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, just past the road out on the south side. Like, it's yeah, it's yeah, like it'd be yeah, nice yeah. if that was sealed and not so many big holes going into it. Yeah. That's right, mate. That's exactly right. Yeah. If the shy wanted to do that or VP wanted to do it, mm. they can certainly put yeah. a proposal to Craig, myself and the other seven. And mm. Yeah, we'll so, definitely so look at it. Because it's sealed on the northbound, but not sealed on the southbound. Mm. Some That's bizarre right. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be up there on Friday, so I'll run my eye over it again, mate. Yeah, so there's, yeah there's you'll, been see, some, you'll see it by the dark. Yeah. There's been some other things that have come out for us as well. That So if, <clears> if, if someone wants to improve an area and they need that 20% to go towards it, they can actually apply for any grant that they can find to get that 20%, as long as it's not from the heavy vehicle rest area one, the specific one. They can apply for any other grant, whether that's local government, federal, state. Yep. And that can then be used as that 20% to gain access to the other 80%. So, That's right. and and our great friends now 
at the department are happy to help people through that. So I will be putting a link up on the radio um, Facebook page here later with information on how to go to that. But, um, you know, understanding that people can't really canvas me, but there's enough information there that um, they can ring up the department and whatever and find out about those other other avenues for funding to gain that 20%. So th there's money here and we want to spend it. It's as simple as that. But the proposals need to come in. Yeah, and I'll just, you know, and, and spot on, Craig, and uh, I, I just while Yogi's on the blower and uh, I mm -hmm. don't mind sharing this, mate, that I was contacted by uh, the owners of um, uh, Mount Magnet, Coomarina, and bugger me, they've got another one somewhere. Help me out. Mm, oh, Port Edland, uh -huh. the, the Caltech's in Edland, Yogi. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and they asked, this was 12 months ago, they said, can we access? And I said, yeah, well, you know. I said no at the time because we, we were told we couldn't. Well, the thing mm -hmm. is they can. So if you're in a roadhouse and you're yarning to uh, someone and it's privately owned and you're talking to the owner and they want to do some extensions, absolutely, mm. they can put a proposal in. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And don't so, forget, yeah. look, look, the committee's also very, very keen, um, weren't we, Craig, that we want to see the um, uh, surveys. Yes. Just be because what we're saying loud and clear, just because the state government hasn't put something in, it may need a little bit of friendly pushing from everyone to say to a state government, you've got, you know, 30, 40 drivers have gone to the, to the, uh, 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 through the uh, um, exercise of filling out a survey, and did you know this area is where you could build a roadhouse? Now got me talking about roadhouse, a, uh, uh -huh. a heavy vehicle rest area, which would be very popular and very uh, well utilised by the road transport industry. So yeah. we want to see those surveys mm. as well. Definitely, and and one thing everyone needs to understand is that when <clears throat> when state governments or even with this um, want to do something or you know, they, they think, oh, yeah, we need more rest areas or whatever. They need data. And if, if we don't fill out these surveys, um, they don't have the data they need to make make recommendations. So when they're asking for surveys, and I've seen this before where they've got a survey out there and three people fill it out. Yeah. Um, it, it's not enough. So if you if you think there <laughs> needs to be a rest area, you know, 10 k's out of Milmerran, you know, go onto one of these surveys and tell them that because it does come out that that data come back to us the other day, um, fed to us from the department about exactly where people had suggestions for rest areas. Now that's that's only suggestive to the department, and it gives us data on what what we would use to to approve funding, but that then also can be used to go back to a local council or or. TMR or Transport for New South Wales to say to them, this is where you need to build a rest area and then they can do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. As a committee, we can't tell, we, like, we don't allocate funds to just say, build a rest area here. Mm, unfortunately. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, wish, right. I wish it was mm. different than that. I really do, so but do it's not. So mm. we've got to work within what we've got here and, you know, it's up to the, the public here to help us to give them money to build them what they want. Yeah, and we've got mm. a second tranche opened at the moment, and 
I think that's closing. Originally, it was going to be December, but we said to stay open a little bit longer, didn't we, Craig, to uh, I think the end we, of January or something? Or? I think we talked about leaving that one open till the end of January, yeah. <clears throat> just so people might be able to work on things like that uh, during the Christmas break because we all understand that, you know, all of this is very time-consuming to put things in, so, you know... Just, just need that. But you know, if, if you if you think there's a spot to put one, you know, go and make some recommendations to your local council, to your state member, whatever. Um, because there has been ones put in, and they've been quite credible, and you know, probably will get approved. And we want to get this money out the door. We do. Yep. I, I want the money out the door. I want a bloody shovel in the ground. That's what I want. Well, 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 yeah. all want export cans, so you know. Well, well, so well, 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 Craig and I have a plan, don't we, mate? We do. We do. We just got to make it look credible. Yeah, and I've got a plan no, no. that I will be having export at the Christmas. Right. Oh. They've been oh, teaching yeah. me. Oh, they've been teaching point. me well up there at Parliament House. And yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He's very credible. Yeah. Craig and I were having a red cordial, and we were planning. Yep. Then we might yeah. Where the bloody hell can we find a shovel? And, and a plot of dirt. If, yeah, oh, you need a couple of new hard hats. If, you need a couple yeah. of new hard hats. As if well. we'd had, yeah, that's what you need. If we'd had two hard hats and a vest and a silver shovel, oh, there would have been a picture of me and Glenny at the front of Parliament House building a new rest <laughs> area. Just as you come straight up, what is it, over the bridge there? And you could have driven yeah, straight up the road into a rest area on the top of Parliament House. No, the yeah, and we would have had the back of the photo all fuzzy so you couldn't tell where we were. Yep. Yeah yeah, 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 just yeah. That might still pop up, mate. I might be around your area. Mm. I, I don't have a problem believing that either. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's some great facilities saying. within Parliament House, and I can vouch for this. If you are a senator, you get your own shower and toilet. Is that right? And kitchen. Oh, and kitchen. And kitchen. So, yeah. 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 It's pretty good. You can nearly live in that office, mate. Did you uh, did you hear Glenn that Yogi's talking about standing for the Senate in WA? No, <laughs> no, this isn't a conversation that we have on air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and give 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 me a clue, Yogi. What would be your your platform, mate? Uh, like the voting day. I'll stand no, no, if you're going to put your, if you're going to put yourself up, why should I vote for you, Yogi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot going on here. Thanks to my campaign manager that's just gone and dumped me in it. Well, you know what? Stick of crap. Let's get back to some genuine people and genuine ideas. I'm sticking to just fairy, antsy ideas that don't really go anywhere. I want stuff done. I'm the opposite of, um, what is it? I'm the opposite of, uh, like, what did, what did I might say there once? Opposite of something. I don't, I don't want progress. I want the back. I want back from progress. I'm the opposite of progress. 
the opposite of progress. Gee, that's not not a, no, no. Well, see, this is, see, this is the, this is the, this is the problem, Yogi. Right. We, we, we've got to get we've got to get your platform sorted out. I just dumped you in there for the hell of it. I thought that'd be. Yeah, right. it'd be just I'll tell you what your problem is, what, Yogi. What do I need a platform? Yeah. yeah. Your What's problem, Yogi, is you may have a campaign manager here <laughs> that may not be suitable. <laughs> I've already worked out who that would be. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking to get fired from that job. I don't even want that job. Well, yeah, I'm well, pretty sure you've worked, worked towards that tonight. Me on the road. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you guys ever watch Rake? Rake. Yes. Rake. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Senator the Cleaver Green. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If he <laughs> could make it, and Mike is your campaign director. Anyone yeah, can do it. Anything's possible. I'll tell you what, like, Glenn, we were watching I, I that. Don't kick, I, don't, I don't go against you, do I, Glenn? I don't kick you out, do I? Well, it depends, what, one in, one out. it depends what cycle you went, mate. If you went in five years' time, you'd be up against me. If you were this yep. election, no, nah, mate, no, you're not up against me. I'm, 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 I'm a six-yearer. There you go. Go well, for it, Yogi. Well, I'm just trying to find some friends in here, you know. Just <laughs> I'll give you a Yogi. I'll give, I'll, give you, I'll give you a secret. I'll give you a secret hint, hint uh, uh, help here. You're better off right. running in Tassie because you only need to get about oh, 100,000 votes. Where if you're running in WA, you got to – no, no, it's less than that. And in WA, if you want to get elected, you've got to try and find about oh, 700,000 or something. So there you go, mate. Oh, here on, eh? Yeah, good job. Oh, well, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love it, Cameron. Well, I know it's on people. your team there. Hey. I said, I know a Tasmanian who's on your team there. Yeah, yeah, I could run in Tasmania. <laughs> uh, they cut the guy oh, now. Now, right, now, so what's your platform, Mike? I'm your campaign manager. My platform would, my platform would be. Listen here, you uh, bastards. That's that's <laughs> right. That would be the start of my maiden speech. It would be, listen up, you bastards. Uh-huh. And, all this crap. Uh, yeah, think of all this crap. And uh, I'm a bit like you, mate. I'll, I'm a bit for getting things done. I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd survive in Canberra. I really don't. I you really reckon? think that. I really <laughs> yep. think that. I, I really think that I'd, I'd neck someone in the first week. I reckon. <laughs> they got some people need, there that might neck you too, mate. Maybe, but I would need someone like Ben to keep me grounded. Well, I got told the other day. At Parliament House, that Ben is yeah. a unicorn. You won't find another one. Well, yeah, right. that's why he's not leaving me. That's right. That's yeah, that's right. why Glenn's as good as he is. He's me right hand man. That's it. What do they say, Glenn? It, yeah, there's a good Ben behind every man. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely, yeah. mate. But that's I, right. I heard okay. other senators praise Ben that they wish yeah. they had one. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. Cheers, cheers to yeah. you, Ben. Doing a great job. Yeah, no, he does. I very, very I, I, I like Ben a lot. He does a great job. Yeah, can you, uh, Senator, can you send me Ben's number? I just want to have a quick chat to him. <laughs> 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 I, I've, actually, yeah. I've, actually, I've actually got Ben's number. I'll give it to you. Yeah, oh, I know. We know I, ben. I look, don't, I, I don't joke, don't joke, mate. I won't give him up too easy, but... But he's got a couple of mates. You know, I'll tell you what, he's got a couple of Liberal senator mates. Are they? Yeah, oh, he was invited, okay. he was invited mm-hmm. around the office to or go and have a drink with them or something. He said, is that yeah. all right, boss? I said, sure, it's all right, mate. No worries. Knock yourself out. So, but, but, but I've got to come back to this. Mike, you know, and, and listen, Yogi, listen here, Craig, back, back me in here. So, Mike, if you went in there, you reckon you'd probably throttle someone when you first got there. 
You know the only problem, Craig? No, no, you probably no. You you definitely Parliament's one of those things where you definitely feel the need to choke some bastard. All right, but let me tell you, there's a lot of angry women in that morning, mate. (laughs) Trust me, you'd be up. I tell you what, they'd have a couple of them would have your measure, and I'm not dobbing them in who they are. No, no, I, uh, I, I, I've seen, I've seen what goes on. I don't, I don't know how I'd survive. I, uh, I obviously, I suffer from the, this thing where my filter's broken, and I tend to say what people think. Mm. And um, I don't, I don't know. I could, I certainly couldn't go on the party line. I'd have to be an independent. Oh. Well, you know, you know the problem I see for you, Mike. Mm-hmm. I've seen you trying to get through airport security. Yeah. So you've got to do that every day as you go into Parliament House. So. Nah, yeah, well, that's, that's the first that. thing we're going to squash. Yeah, how stupid it is when everyone wants your firstborn child. Far oh, yeah. out. Fill out a form. Get it yeah. done. I guess it's, it's, it's funny because you know the amount of people you're seeing get, getting dressed again at the airport because <laughs> they've had to take mm-hmm. their shoes yeah. and their belt and... Yeah, the scenes are the same at Parliament House. Yeah, well, you know, look, hey, hey, look at me. I'm a, I'm a senator. I was here yesterday. Why would I blow the place up today? Go away. Mm. Yeah, it's where I work. It's my work. No, I've place. got that worked out. You just go in, in shorts and tongs. Yeah, you don't have to that's, strip that's off. Really... Then. Well, when you've got a five-bedroom house in your office up there, you don't need to worry. I about would that. actually. So that's what I'd probably do. I'd probably, I'd probably put out a press release. And I'd go through. I'd go through the bloody security in me jocks. So there you go. This is how stupid this is. Yeah, right, eh? Yeah, that's probably why you're not doing it. Imagine the, the media frenzy yeah. at the front of Parliament House with Mike Williams. Yeah, because you don't. You don't have to go through the front door in Parliament House, do you? There's always a side door or another entrance. Isn't yeah, with the same same security. Yeah. You don't have to at the front, can you? I, I'd make Clive, I'd, I reckon I'd make Clive Palmer look like a bloody joy boy. I really would. <laughs> mm. I'm just thinking, Mike, I'm picturing this in my head. You got to have security in your job. And you know the only thing I'll be worried about? As long as you have it on the right way, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, you can turn them around, mate. I'd be on the jocks. Well, we've got another guest that we've got to cover. We've had enough fun and frivolity. We've got to get serious. We've got old mate from the uh, NTC oh, coming on. Are you going to hang around? We? We, we are. Have you got time, Glenn? You want to talk to Aaron really, as well? Or you? I'm, I'm really squeezed, mate. I'm really, really squeezed. Look, I've got, uh, you know, I've got you about go, five minutes, mate. Well, you don't have to. You can go and do your thing. And, yeah. No, 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 if there's a bit of, you know, if there's a bit of... Uh, uh, you know, if, uh, if I can help with it, absolutely. But yeah. I will have to excuse myself, guys. Yeah. In about five we, minutes. That's all right. Well, we, we'll, we don't. We don't. We don't want any biffo. Yeah. Right? No. Well, no, I think no, it's no, no, no. probably a bit pressed time for time to get another caller on and and mix this up. I don't think we'll have time to have a, a discussion with that. But mm. because of that, Glenn, I think we can probably just go over a bit again on on what people need to do to contribute to. Getting themselves a parking bay where they think they need one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We've got to hear the voices. They've got to contact the local minister, uh, local member, or they've got to contact us directly. You know, the committee. That is when yeah. I say, well, sorry, the secretariat. Absolutely. Um, you know, push, push your local member, push your association, because it's the state government and the local governments that have got to fund it. 
yeah. because when, when all is said and done, it's like Craig and I saw one the other day, it was dream time and it would not have benefited, and I'm not going to say where it was, it would not have benefited. I think we got about two truck bays and I think they were wanting about $8 million or something. Mm, something crazy. Two or yeah. three or some crazy stuff. Uh, but also, don't forget, we cannot, we cannot fund um, road trains in the areas. What do you guys call them over there? Hook hook up areas like hook up no alphabet right change base yeah decoupling whatever so th- yeah, and that, that is an issue and people need to remain calm on this um, a, a decoupling area is different to a rest area and I think anyone listening who is a truck driver would doesn't want to sleep next to an area yeah. where they're banging trailers together so oh, but, but why not but why not but I will say this. Um, in the same application, and if you go through the page that's been posted up there tonight, there is a, is a another fund of money that can actually fund that. Um, right. HVRPP is it, Glenn or HVSSP? Yep. Heavy Vehicle Safety Something Program. Yep. So in the same in the same path that you go through in finding the applications for what we're doing, there is another one that if you want something like a sorry a, a hookup area, there is money there for that. I'm not quite sure of the the qualifying things for that. Glenn, do you know? Or, no, 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 I don't. But 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 as we spoke about the other day, Craig, you know we know it's there. The bureaucracy's told us, or oh, how many grants do they have? Two thousand? Was it two thousand grants? <clears throat> Is that what the two thousand different programs, Craig? We're looking at that figure. Oh. Something, something crazy. So what of we where do, the money is and what different yeah. amount of projects there are. So yeah, put put so an application in because it it, yep. it even if and I, I will say this, even if you put it in under the program we're looking at, we will refer it straight back to. That other acronym that oh, so many yeah. acronyms the other day you need a need a book. Yeah. Um, we we can refer it straight back to that, and yep. and they will look at it. So put it on the table. We'll look at it, refer it to where it wants to be. And I will say, Glenn, after this meeting, I am I'm actually so excited that we've had the shackles taken off a little bit. You have, we have, mm. we have. And I tell you what, just so your listeners know, that wasn't an easy feat, and we must say as it is, and I don't mind saying this, we've had a complete change of personnel, and we've got, a, and, and not condemning anyone else, we've got a change of personnel who are very keen to learn. Oh, Craig, we can't go without this one. We've got to do this one. Right. So what actually happened was Heather, everyone knows Heather Jones, and Heather's passionate about toilets and showers <laughs> and facilities for women, and Heather carries around some fantastically graphic photos. And, Mike, this is your part of your uh, your previous world. The two thunder clappers on the road between Oski and Port uh, Hedlam where you where yeah. humans don't fear to where humans fear to tread these uh, yeah. long drop toilets disgusting filthy bloody things they are and yeah. she said with a she had a, bl- a, a twinkle in her eye Craig didn't she when mm. she looked over the table because we've got all the screens around the meeting room and all that oh, and she dear said, Lord. can I share some photos and I she didn't have one of the one of the one of the shitties blocked to the top oh, oh mate let me tell you let me tell you uh, uh, what yeah, was, it, yeah. was it just before lunch or just after lunch? 
bullshit. Up they went. Yeah. Well, right, you should have let them look on the bureau. The, 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 I say the, the offices of the department. Mm. The look yeah. on their face, oh, my God, it was gold. Mm. And I mm. just thought, Heather, you beauty, because then mm. they gave us the opportunity to say, and I'll, I'll, I should use better words than this, this is the shit we've got to put up with. In mm. 2023. So yeah. that was gold. And one last one before I go. Look, I can't lie to you guys. I'm catching up with my trucky mates for beers. That's, oh, right, uh, that's why I've got to go, right? I wouldn't lie to you. But I, yeah. um, uh, one thing, Craig, what was I just about? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I don't know. Heather City Toilets and? Oh, no, no. That's it. That's it. We, and I presented a, a, some stuff on there. And I'm very keen. We're all very keen to get more info on self-cleaning toilets. Hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. The exo-loos. Well, a fella con- was actually, Frank Black did it. Frank showed me. He said, look at this. Yeah. And yeah. I had a look, and, and then another mob got, grabbed me in Perth. Anyway, cut long story short, we want as much info on self-cleaning toilets as we can get because we yep. can spend up to $5 million, $5 million of Commonwealth money. Mm. Of these um, rest areas, and if we're going to build rest areas and get the money out the door, um, why wouldn't we? I'd love to get the feedback. Maybe book guys, girls can get on your show and feedback to you guys. Mm. How popular are these self-cleaning toilets? Are they good or are they a waste of time? Do we need well, more? Do we back them? I, I used to use that one at Kilgardie. Is that self-cleaning? Um, sorry. I didn't know there was a self-cleaning toilet at Coolgate, mate. I, I'm not sure it is a self, whether it is a self, it's, a, it's an exo-loo. Um, I think that they're the ones that we're talking about. They're all stainless um, inside. And hmm. I, I'm not sure. Of... There was We did see a, a document there the other day, and it's probably something we can share about as well. But, yeah. it, again, yeah. it's something that if people were to go to a, a local council and suggest... Mm. Um, uh, something like that for a new rest area that, yeah, you know, we it, it certainly would help with a decision to make because there is, Ooh. you know, a very big component of decisions made on how how some of these uh, rest areas are going to be maintained. Mm, so right. it, it's not it's a requirement in a way that they have to prove that they can look after it. So yeah. a self cleaning toilet it goes a long way to doing that. Yeah. But we do need it could tip a project over the line, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why we. And just mm. just while you're saying it, Mike, it wasn't XOs. It was a, a another mob. I can't remember what their name. It wasn't them. But there's a couple. I believe there's a couple of manufacturers, and we yep. have now asked the, the secretariat to go yep. away and source as much information on these things as possible. Mm. Yeah, good idea. And, Let's get some heavy vehicle rest areas that are fit for purpose in 2023. Guys, if I don't get going because it's my bite at the pub tonight, not only yes. are you lot going to talk about me, but they're going to talk about mm. me, and it's probably going to cost me double. I've got, a, <laughs> right I've got a split. Can I thank you very much for calling me up and having me on? Take care, yeah. guys. Yeah, no. Everyone stay safe. And, and uh, Yogi, I'll run my eye over the BP and Woburn South there when I go through Friday morning on my way up to the Kimberley, mate. Yeah, well, that'll stop all the dust blowing over town, too. Like, it'll be ideal. <laughs> While that's not sealed, that section there is a bit silly. But anyway, good job. Thank you, Stephen, for being on the road radio. Thanks, guys. Take care. All the best. Right, okay. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon, Bye. mate. Thank you. Thanks, mate. See ya. Well, there you go, everyone. Senator Glenn Stirl. Got to give him this. He's, his commitment to the road transport industry. Um, 
over a well a long period of time. I think senator since two thousand and five. Yep. Fighting, fighting for you know better conditions, wages, whatever for for the whole industry. It's um, but, but proving once again, he never ducks a question. No, they even took never. yours off notice, eh? Mate, I've never had him duck a question mm. ever. Mm. Yeah, uh, and as much as much as you know, yes, I you know, he's Glenn's a politician and all the rest of it. But he never ducks a question, mm. and I and I mean he really didn't have to answer that, and I was out of line asking. Mm. Well, we might so, go to a song and try and get Aaron on the phone because we are running yeah. a bit late for him. So we we are we are him apology. We do. Yeah. Anyway, I get a little bit of twisted sister on here, eh? Why not? Right.
Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Mike, Yogi. You don't drop that. You don't drop that off here. And yeah. if they were back, you can't say boo. That's boo what? Crazy. Do what? That's what you just did. You dropped something on here and said, Roddy, you can't talk. We're going back. Yeah, and, right. and, and, then, and then you just come back. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to get used to shut up? So I just do it. You know. Yeah, good on anyway. Do whatever. So. Who have we got now? Who have we got now? So. For his own amusement. We've got Aaron. I'd, Aaron I'd love to know how to pronounce your name, Aaron. So how about you introduce yourself? I'll introduce myself. <laughs> I will introduce myself. Uh, it's Aaron Di Rosario. There we I go. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Well, I thought you were. I, yeah. I thought I was going to do the. I thought I was going to do the intro. Wasn't that the plan? All right, eh? We'll go back a minute. Hey, Mike, we've got a new guest on tonight. Would you like to introduce him, mate? I've been talking to uh, a lady from the NTC, and she has put us in touch with. Aaron Di Rosario, who uh, works at the NTC, and we're going to talk about the series that they've got going on at the moment and find out what that is and talk about how the NTC want to take some stuff that's in, uh, I think it's regulation at the moment, and turn it into law or somebody thing anyway. I'm not a lawyer, I'm a truck driver. So we're going to talk about that and how it makes uh, being compliant with the law a little bit easier now. The NTC are the people that make the rules, and HBR are the people that enforce the rules. And we're pleased to have Aaron here to talk to us. Good evening, Aaron. How are you, mate? Sorry we kept you waiting. Uh, that's not a problem. It's great to be here and great to chat about what we're doing. Right. So we had a bit of a chat uh, earlier today about the things that you're about the things that you're doing, and I did talk about the uh, series and the NTC and what they do on our regular podcast, which came out on Monday, and played the audio to a video you've got there linking to some, some survey stuff that you want to do. So this series that we're talking about, uh, if you can just tell people what that is and the fact that it uh, it's due to finish on November 24 from memory. And yeah, that's what right. And what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to achieve. Okay, so what we've got out at the moment is what in government speaks called a consultation regulation impact statement. Um, you know, nice nice bunch of long words uh, in typical government style, but, but basically what it is is whenever governments want to change the laws, change regulations, um, they're required to go out, do a consultation process, and the consultation process is supposed to set out, here's the problem, this is the problem we're trying to fix, Here's some potential options for solving that particular problem. And it asks people for information on their views, thoughts, um, what might the potential impact of these options be. And on the back of that, you're able to make a decision or you're able to make a recommendation to government to change the law. So, Mike, earlier you sort of said the NTC makes the law, the NHVR enforces it. Actually, we don't make the law. What we do is we do a bunch of work um, to kind of find out, you know, what the law ought to look like and we give that to ministers and parliament and they make the law. So so we kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, OK, I accept that. <laughs> yep, sorry, go on. Yeah, so so our job at the moment is we've we've taken a bunch of, of um, ideas from, from problems that have been identified and that goes back to the days of the HVNL review. It goes back to 
um, some work um, that was done in 2022 with Ken Kanofi to try and work out, you know, what, what are some reasonable solutions to the problems in the current HVNL that everyone can agree to, so that, that governments can agree to and that are acceptable to industry. And what we're doing at the moment is we're testing some of those, right? So we've taken some of those ideas, we've built out some options and we're wanting to test those to see which one of those are going to work most effectively. Mm-hmm. And th- for this document, Right, well, this consultation we're doing at the moment, there's three areas that we're looking at. Um, the first is fatigue management, which I'm sure is going to be of a great deal of interest to your listeners. Uh, second one is some changes to access. And the third one is a bit more of a technical one, which is just about the new national audit standard that's, that's going to be put into the law. So we've got about 25 different options across those three areas. Um, we've got 25 questions we're asking we're asking people. Um, and what we're really trying to get is your views as to which of those options do you like, which ones do you hate, why you like it, why you hate it, whether you think there is something there that we might have missed. So is there an option which might, you know, blend a couple of different ideas to come together? What we're trying to do is find the right kind of options so that we can make those recommendations to, to ministers. And, you know, when we make a recommendation to ministers, it's to all the transport infrastructure ministers from across the HVNL participating um, states and territories. Uh, and then if they sign that off, we then go and do the work to um, to draft it up as a law so that it can go through the Queensland Parliament. Right. Why does it, why does it have to go through the Queensland Parliament? That's a really good... That's a great question. I should have said that. So the HVNL is what we call an applied law. Right, so, so so that we get consistency across the states that are participating, what we do is we have a law that gets passed in one state, and in the case of the heavy vehicle national law, it's in Queensland, and then all the other states have a, a little bit of legislation that automatically recognises that, that bit of legislation that passed through Queensland. So, you know, whenever we make a change to the heavy vehicle national law, we do it in Queensland, and then it automatically applies across Victoria and New South Wales, ACT, South Australia, and Tasmania. Right. So uh, there's no other reason for it to be in Queensland. That just happens to be where it is. That was when when the whole thing was set up. Um, back when it was set up, that was that was where they decided um, Queensland put their hands up to be the host jurisdiction mm. for it. So, right. so at that so, point, we would have been great if WA put their hand up. Would have been good, wouldn't it? Would be different. Yeah, um, would fantastic. Just speaking on your behalf, there, Yogi. But anyway, yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Craig. I'll just uh, yeah, welcome back for me. Yeah. I was forward with my platform. I was trying to work out my platform in WA. All oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, mate. So anyway, yeah, Aaron, that does awesome. that does clear a bit of stuff up. So yeah, sorry. It's, all um, right. Keep going, Mike. No, it's all right, buddy. I wouldn't want to cut you off. I, I know how, I know how pissed off you. You'll give me the finger. No, so no, you, no. You won't, you, know, you, you won't wave. You won't wave to me with all your fingers. I know that's yeah, what will happen. Then you'll cry. So yeah, we, right, we must move right. on. So, Aaron, you, you're looking now for submissions from people to contribute to this. That's right. And what we're asking, so so as I said before, we've got a whole bunch of options that we put in this particular paper. Um, and I'll be really honest with you, it's not a fun document to read, okay? So, mm. you know, it, it, it's up there on the boring stakes and it's not particularly exciting. 
Um, and we've, we've so for that reason, we've got a, a shortened version of that document if you want to if you want to have a read of that. But basically, we outline a range of options and we ask questions about those options. So as I said, we've got some options on fatigue management, and those options are looking at things around changes to enforcement. I think that will be um, close to the heart of a, a, a lot of drivers. Changes yep. to you know ways we might streamline record keeping, so you know how we can streamline work diaries and the like, um, and then of course changes to the scope of fatigue regulated heavy vehicles, which means what kind of vehicles um, do you have to keep fatigue records for? Yeah, and so there's a bunch of uh, options looking at that. So if you like, I can start telling you a little bit about some of those options. Um, right, and just see whether any of those sound interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if- if, if if just before you do that, if I was to if I was to suggest to you that our uh, fatigue management should be enforced in the eastern states or in the NHPL states that as it currently as they currently exist, if our fatigue management was to be enforced in the same way as it is in Western Australia, would that be a conversation the NTC would have? Well, I think it. First of all, whenever you put in a bit of feedback to us, we take it on board. But one of the things that, um, you know, for us, we don't, we don't at this point um, just have, have the opportunity to explore anything. So we've yeah. been quite clear. You know, we've been given, you know, quite strict boundaries as to what we're asked to, to explore and what we want to look at. So, you know, your, your question about um, fatigue record keeping and fatigue enforcement that's done in WA, when we were working out these particular options that, that are contained in this consultation, that was one of the things that was asked. Like we, we had some conversations with, with various different government representatives and a few others about the feasibility of that. And yeah, our I'd job... Be, yeah. yeah, sorry, no, you I was, say, I was going to say I'd be surprised if you weren't asked that question because it's one of the questions that gets asked all the time. In fact, it's I the biggest say, objection. Yeah, I, I would say that um, pretty much every time... Um, I've been in any kind of meeting uh, involving drivers that that question has come up. But I I can sort of say that through this process, you know, and our job is not to just present, you know, great ideas per se, but we've got to present ideas that are going to be supported ultimately by governments and stakeholders that have got to take this through and make it a law. So, yes, the WA idea was was looked at, um, but it wasn't supported. And so that option isn't included in here. That doesn't stop you from raising it again. But as I said, that particular option didn't get included in here um, because it wasn't going to get the kind of support it would need in order to become part of the law. Mm. Mm. Uh, so why did you support it? Well, is that a big question? Like... Sorry, I missed that. Oh, who, who didn't support it or why was it not supported? Uh, or what do you mean? We've got yeah, to look, look I, I, think, like... I, I think that there is, you know, there is some, some well... So some existing views about what effective regulation and certainly what is easy to use, easy to enforce, easy to understand. And there's different perspectives on that. Um, mm. And I think the reality is, is that the, the current work diary principles, um, they're kind of well understood uh, and they're sort of generally well supported. And while there is, you know, a number of people that agree that that process can be made easier, change that entirely for, for the system WA, it wasn't getting the kind of traction and it was, yeah, it, it wasn't an idea that was going to go any further. Mm. Mm. Right. Okay. That, um, I'll just, just go into this, Aaron. 
Like we're, we're in the in the video, it talks about out of law and into regulation. What, yeah. what, what does that mean? So, um, most laws consist of you know two or more parts, but but the two main main bits is what we call the primary law, and that's that's stuff that has to go through uh, Parliament and it's set in stone. Um, then you have what's called regulations, and regulations. Um, you know, they have to be allowed by the law, but, but they're easier to change. And they're easier to change because you don't have to go through the whole lawmaking process. You can just table your regulations. And then if there are MPs that object, they can, they can object. Um, and so there's a much simpler process for changing regulations than there is for changing the law. So, you know, realistically, it can sometimes take a, well, over 12 months um, to, to make a minor change to a piece of legislation mm. um the the time it takes to change regulations is much 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 smaller and therefore by putting stuff into regulation if things change circumstances change if we get you know new truck combinations that get access to different areas and things like that rather than having to do something like like you would right now um you know the definition of different combination types is 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 laid out in the law you wouldn't have to change the law to recognise a new combination. You could just put it into the regulations and do that really easily. Yeah, so well, some, of, some of that makes makes a bit of sense to, particularly with yeah. an ever-changing industry, that we don't have to wait for lawmakers to actually change something. Um, well, one, one of the best examples of that actually is, is happening right now. So we, at the moment, separate to this, we're working on some amendments to the heavy vehicle national law to allow um, trucks that meet certain um, new Australian design rules to be 2.55 metres wide, right? Mm -hmm. um, we've got to go and go through this whole process of changing the law to allow that, whereas really those kinds of things are the sorts of things that should be put in regulation so you can change them really easily. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's one of the problems. Like, you know, this is, a, this is something that's taking a lot longer than we wanted to take. Why? Because we've got to change the whole law rather than just, just tweak a regulation. Yeah. So yeah. it'd be like just a simple ADR change or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a whole raft of things that we talk about there, like Glenn Stirl and I and others have had the conversation about uh, every time we get a little bit of extra length on a truck, for example, it ends up on a trailer. Um, whereas uh, if we could have, uh, we talk about rest area facilities and things like that, if we could have those bigger sleeper cabs that they have in the US, for example... Uh, a truck like a VNL Volvo that you can buy in the US, uh, we can't run them here because they don't fit our uh, our uh, criteria. That's the sort of thing that we uh, we can have a win-win. We can take the pressure off the rest areas and change and, and have some of these bigger sleeper cabs for a little bit more wheelbase. Mm. Is that the well, sort of thing it, that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's funny you mentioned the sleeper cab bit um, as a specific example because... Um, that is one of the changes that is going to be made as part of the next lot of changes to, to the law, and that is, you know, at the moment there's a sleeper cab specification that, that has to be um, approved by ministers, and that's one of the things that we want to sort of take out of that whole process so it can be done much more easily. Um, you know, I can't tell you right now what that means for, for those particular vehicles you're talking about, but the idea here is to make sure that the law can be changed. In some cases, we want the regulator to be able to do that themselves, yeah. You know, there, there are some things that, that that should be managed by the regulator, so we're wanting that to have, you know, the ability for that to happen in the law as well. 
Um, so, yeah, can't say what's going to happen to those particular vehicles, but making sure that yeah. these things are more flexible um, is the starting point. Yeah, well, uh, there are there are things like axle weight limits and that to be considered. I mean, is that something that's, that's done through the NTC or where does that happen? Um, so certainly the regulations, um, you know, the mass dimension loading regulations, they cover off things like, like maximum axle limits, et cetera. And we, you know, we do the write-up when those things need to be changed. Um, mm. But, you know, when we go to change things, particularly if you talk about mass limits, um, things that are going to affect swept paths, um, axle loadings, all those kinds of things, um, we have to do a lot of conversations with, you know, uh, state governments and road managers. So local government always have an interest because, you know, it has an impact on infrastructure. In fact, uh, one of the things that we're looking at as part of this is is, is increasing uh, the general access height from 4.3 to 4.6 metres. Uh, we need to hear a lot from local government and others about what they think that, that likely impact's going to have. Like, is that really going to realistically uh, improve improve network access? Um, is it going to lead to more infrastructure damage and all those kinds of things because people aren't going to be checking um, mm. you know, heights because because they just think, well, it's general access. I can, I can drive anywhere. And I know an experienced driver isn't going to do that, but... You know, we still have people, I, I live in Melbourne, we still have drivers running into the Montague Street Bridge. Um, yeah. Those kinds of things yeah. happen because people are human. Uh, so, so you know, when we go through this, so we are doing some things like increasing the length from 90 to 20 metres, um, increasing the height from 4.3 to 4.6. Um, we need feedback about, you know, how is this going to impact? This is going to make, you know, this is, is this going to mean you can move freight, more freight with less trucks? It does this mean that we might have, um, you know, more trucks running into power lines or, or bridges? Are we going to have any other kinds of, of impacts, et cetera? And, and the reason you do a document like this and you ask for feedback is so that people can say, actually, we think you're going to have a problem here or actually we think it's a really great idea because it's going to, you know, reduce the number of truck movements on the on the roads because you'll be able to move a lot more freight with a, with a vehicle. Mm. Yeah, well, my, my comment when I talked about this on our news on Monday was that I my prediction was that you said to, we went from um, 19 metres to 20 metres. The very next thing is going to happen that someone's going to say, oh, we, we can use that for an extra pallet space. And the drivers get left in the same bread boxes that we've been living in for years. And the customers wring their hands and they're all happy because they've got an extra pallet space booth for probably cents on the dollar more than they did. Why can't so, we have a situation? No, you don't. Why can't we have a situation where you make a specification and says, yes, you could have 20 metres, but our trailer links are our fixed. You know, that's your fixed trailer links that you have. Uh, and if you run a 45-foot trailer and you're, you're allowed 20 metres, then it can go on the prime mover. Why can't we do that specification? So here's the thing. Because we're mm. doing consultation on this, mm. this is mm. where you get to sign of put that down in writing and say, yeah, we like the idea but mm. we think that should be used, you know, for, for the prime mover, not for the trailer. Um, you know, and, and so when I said we're looking for do you like this idea, do you hate it, is there another mm. variation, what you've just described is exactly the kind of thing that is useful for us to, to help us make recommendations because, yeah, that might be mm. a viable option. I'm not saying, you know, that's where anything would land, but that's yeah. why we do these kinds of, of things so that we can, we can hear you say, yeah, we like that idea, but the, the extra length should be on the prime mover, not on the trailer, um, so that the prime mover can have 
uh, so so that the driver can have a better sleeping environment. Mm. Or more facilities well, in the cab, which we don't have in the rest yeah. of <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, that's precisely why I made that observation, because I knew that's what you'd say. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have something to say well, on that my, one, Yogi? I mean, my, my observation, if, you, if, we're, if there's talk of allowing length to be longer, it shouldn't, about, it shouldn't be about freight focus. It should be about driver focus first. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's right, yeah. So we, we, you watched that video, Aaron, it, it talks about the law being too complicated. Yeah, have you ever picked it up? Yeah. So is there, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll talk specifics here. Is, is there anything that really stands out to you about exactly why this is complicated? I, so I think the, you know, the current heavy vehicle national law is complicated because uh, when it was first created, it was it was kind of a product of bringing together, you know, different legislation, different laws from each state that participated and kind of jamming it together, um, which which kind of meant that sometimes you had things in there that you didn't really need to have because it was in one person's law and not somebody else's. So I think it was kind of constructed a bit that way. So, you know, a good example, every time there's a, a review process in the law, it spells out the entire review process separately instead of just having one. Um, so there's a whole range of different things in there. The fact, as I said earlier, that, that you're defining vehicle combinations in the law is just sort of an odd thing to do because you know, they are things that change. They have changed before. They'll, they'll change again. There'll be new combos, etc. So when we talk about it being complicated, it's just a really big, you know, bunch of pages. Um, it's really dense. Um, and it just doesn't flow the way, you know, more modern laws flow. And, and for that reason, it's, it's difficult, and when I say it's difficult, I just mean for drivers, and I, I don't assume that there are a lot of people that go around carrying this this law with them, but even if you're an operator or if you're working in this space or even if you're a lawyer sort of providing legal services to the heavy vehicle industry, it's a big law, it's difficult to navigate. Um, and so if we can simplify that and make it work a lot better in that kind of way, then I think there's going to be, you know, it's going to be better for everybody. I. I I think in a space of, of regulation on on the lengths of vehicles and things like that is is a great a great change and, and the opportunity to look at it differently. I I must make a comment on driving hours and regulation in, in that sense. That it doesn't matter what regulations ever put in place. Um Everyone will find a way around whatever the fatigue regulations are. <laughs> so we need need to be very very careful. Sorry, that was a, that was a cynical laugh. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I imagine it was because this is you know in a sense a cynical comment. But yeah. <clears throat> so the industry has done this for ever since the log, log, the logbook came out. That it doesn't matter what regulations you put there, the industry will find a way to manipulate that to suit themselves. So I'll be I'll be very honest here in saying that whatever my work diary says is only <laughs> the truth that I want someone to see. Sorry. And yeah. and, and 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 I have stated that to enforcement yeah. officers on the side of the road as a challenge to prove me wrong. And yeah. 
and and that's been predominantly as a self-employed person where there are many things that overrule whatever someone might tell me I need to do um, because at the basis of it all, I have a commitment to look after my family and my own financial well-being. I understand there's laws and I operate within a business now that we're very specific about what we do. But I have I have to say this, that anybody considering putting in an application to to talk to the NTC or anyone like that has to be very specific in what they say that there are other factors that drive people to do what they do and and a very prescriptive regulation is not the answer to driver fatigue. Um, driver fatigue has so many other things than somebody telling you when you can and can't drive. So, Aaron, I'll ask this. Uh, is the NTC open and willing to listen to that conversation? So, a couple of really good points that you've made. Um, we are, yeah, very aware. So, first of all, let, let's talk about that bit about, you know, your diary says what it is that you wanted to say. Um, you know, that, that issue is something that's not sort of unique to heavy vehicles. It, it probably operates in every every kind of business. Um, I'm sure for as long as there's been tax law, somebody has been saying, my tax records say exactly what I want them to say. Um, and so that's not new. And that's something that lawmakers have to deal with um, on a regular basis. And I don't think any lawmaker is naive enough to think that people aren't, aren't thinking of ways of working around those laws. Um, on the issue of fatigue, you know, fatigue's been thrashed about for, you know, five years, best part of five years. I think that your your comment that, um, you know, prescriptive rules around work and rest hours is not the answer is a really, yeah, that, that, is, that is true. Um, but fatigue enforcement and, and maintaining those rules has been a really, really complicated space. And... You know, in all the conversations that's been happening over the last, you know, five years, as I said, you know, the amount of progress and the amount of change that's been happening there hasn't really, you know, been significant. A lot of different ideas were explored. Um, but, again, I go back to that earlier comment, we need to put together things that are going to be accepted by stakeholders and there we haven't landed on any kind of alternate way of looking at fatigue that's, that's going to fundamentally change those particular laws. I know that there are some people that have, you know, you know, look to the future and think, well, you know, as fatigue detection technology gets better, um, that might provide, you know, a better solution, a better way of managing this. Uh, and that might be the case if those technologies mature. I've heard other people say that, you know, they've looked at those technologies and they, they're not as robust as they ought to be. And that might well be the case right now. It might change in the future. But until we've got some kind of step change, some kind of really you know, radical, you know, whether it's a new piece of technology or something else that gives everybody confidence that you're going to be able to identify when someone's tired and make sure that they don't keep driving, I think we're going to be stuck in some kind of form where using electronic records or written records are going to kind of be the closest <laughs> approximator. Um, I agree with you. It's not ideal um, because, again, you know, and 
anyone who's ever had a baby knows that you know you've you've got to really manage when they sleep when they wake up or they're awake when they should be sleeping and they're sleeping when they should be awake you know so mm. again having prescriptive rules saying right you must rest and you must rest for eight hours when you're wide awake yeah it's not helpful um likewise being told you can drive now even though you're tired is not helpful be clear the law says you should never drive when you're tired but those other factors I think everybody in this whole space accepts that there are always these other factors that push people to do things that they ought not do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's bigger than just the law. That's, that's, a, that's a really big kind of problem. And, again, it doesn't just exist in the heavy vehicle space. It exists everywhere. Yeah. But for the moment, well, you know, the best... Would, so wouldn't laws be uh, made around the least amount of fatigue-related incidents? So Sorry, repeat that question again. No, yeah, no. So wouldn't wouldn't laws and and rules shouldn't laws and rules be made around the states with the least amount of fatigue related incidents? I.e., if the West works best, <laughs> there's your system. <laughs> well, <laughs> we are looking at a bunch of uh, changes that we want to make to certainly fatigue enforcement. And again, it's that these two things work in in parallel, right? So there are rules around fatigue and. You know, under the HVNL right now, if I if I drive for five minutes extra, it's counted as fifteen minutes extra, and I've committed an offence and I can be fined. One of the options we're looking in the enforcement space is to shift away from the idea that every time you do a breach, it equates to an offence, but rather kind of say, okay, you can have incidents, and those incidents might be minor, moderate, or major, or severe. Um, but whether you've committed an offence depends on how significant that incident was and how many times it happened, right? So if I, if I you know, overdrive by 15 minutes under one of our proposals, well, that wouldn't attract a fine because it'd be one incident. But if I did mm-hmm. it five times, then I might get myself a fine. So, again, what we're trying to do here is, um, in one of our options here, is move away from the idea of one incident equals one fine or one potential fine and kind of moving it to a risk profile. You know, and that well, bakes in ideas like out. three strikes. I was going to say, how about this for a risk profile? You've got drivers like me, who uh, I think my last fine was 1991. Um, why should I even have a logbook? That's so good. Clearly, I can clearly manage my fatigue. I agree there, Michael. I agree. I can, and, I, uh, I can know, clearly manage my fatigue. Having that logbook fine in 10 years, you obviously figured it out. You obviously understand your tired times. You understand your fatigue times. Why do you need to run a logbook? There's no difference than a newbie walking into the industry to someone with, myself, 25, 26 years trucking. Mm. I don't understand. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I don't really expect an answer to that, Aaron. I really don't. Well, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> guess my answer, if I was going to get... if, if I'm, I, mean, I'll, I will give an answer because... Um, you know, you ask the question, so you deserve an answer. I guess if you're if you were an enforcement person, you know, when they first come across you and they they haven't met you before, Mike, they have no idea who you are. They have no idea how you've been, how long you've been driving. Um, they're not going to know that you've you've not had a uh, a fine well, for gonna, that many years that you've got they're, they're that many years experience, etc. They're going to run my license number, and that's going to tell them. Well, that'll tell them that you've had. 
you know, you have your vehicle license for X number of years. It doesn't really tell them much about how often you drive it, whether you've been driving and all those other things. So, again, yeah. well, I'm, yeah. I, I, I take the point that you're making and, um, you know, that works if everybody's 100% honest. Um, but, you know, well, there are always going to be... I think Craig's cynical comment before that everyone's not 100% honest. So, oh, and I, I would, and I, yeah, good one, Craig. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say it comes to being 100% honest, but I, I understand. On, I understand that system there where we talk about you know you've been driving for 20 years, and you know it could be the case that in 20 years you've just never been pulled up. So how do we know what your driving record is? But you know well, we live in a very very, very good at hiding the truth. Yeah, like but you. we we live in a world that we have <laughs> so much technology of where you can be placed in something, you know that that understands that you do have a good driving record. Um, mm. I you know I I like to live by this this one simple rule for for myself is that mm. I do not drive when I'm tired. So if that equates to me being going to bed at 9 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night or whatever, mm. Mm. that's me following the golden rule. And mm. and the law doesn't allow us to do it and it and it can be yeah. it can be detrimental to what you do the next day if you go to bed early. It's as yeah, simple I, as that. So everyone no, everyone is the problem. Yeah, so everyone out there understands that. Mm. So the drivers do. The drivers do. So we chuck, we chuck the time zone difference in Craig for what we've got to be and where we are. That, that makes it ten times harder. That's right. Mm. So I mean I, I've I've never been for a, a work diary. Um mm. But we we do need something to have levels of control because otherwise well, otherwise we'll, we will be an industry. Yeah, it'll be the wild wild west, and not well, not, not the well, good west hey, there, well, Yogi. Well, before you hit him, man, not the wild wild west. Don't think about the wild wild east or something like that. Yeah, right. Not the wild wild west. So well, I, have, right. I have said more than once that a lot of drivers have the wrong end of the stick, and the logbook protects yeah. them from the rogue operators that wanted to work twenty four hours a day. Mm. So and the electronic logbook absolutely does it in spades because there it is. It's absolutely there. I don't have any more hours. That is the end of the day for me. Sorry, mm. and 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 that's the driver's protection. And drivers don't see it that way. Mm. So I mean, without we're getting off on a tangent from having what Aaron's talking about, but you know, there's so much stuff to consider inside this fatigue thing. Um, of it. How, how hard would it? How hard is it, Aaron, to try and to try and draft law that is going to take into consideration this personal thing? We, we've got to ultimately end up with just a line on the sand, yeah. don't we? Yeah, well, it is. It's a really hard task because mm. you know, it, you, if you think about alcohol, right? You, you can give somebody a breath test, you can give them a blood test, etc., and you can you can tell whether somebody is over a particular alcohol limit. Um, so, yep. you know, there's an objective way of measuring that. But you can't do that yep. with fatigue. Um, and, of course, you know, it's harder even then when you're sort of doing enforcement because if you're pulled over by screaming blue lights, et cetera, um, generally yeah. you get an adrenaline rush and so you're alert and oh, all those kinds of things. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, you know, fatigue is, is, a, is a problem because it's really hard to detect. We all know that fatigue drivers... Um, you know, are, it, it's a problem, as in yep. a fatigue driver is a problem. 
No one argues with that. But trying to work out how do we make sure that fatigued drivers aren't driving is is a real challenge. And, and in the absence of a scientific way of doing it, um, mm. we're always relying on these other kinds of systems of controls, which are, you know, trying to approximate, like, you mm. know, 12-hour driving, driving limit, etc. We kind of intuitively know that, yeah, if you keep going much more than that, you're going to be tired. So, so let's draw a line. That doesn't not that doesn't mean you're not tired during those 12 hours. It doesn't mean you're you're not wide awake at the end of those 12 hours. But yeah. they're the controls that we got in place because that's you know that that's how we've we've chosen to estimate it. We tried doing some work to change that that general schedule of hours of work and rest hours um, mm. to try and provide a bit more flexibility. Um, a couple of outcomes of that was it was thought it's better if, if drivers want flexibility for them to go through accreditation or for their mm. operators to get accredited um, so that there's safety management systems and some you know proper controls and training around fatigue. Um, so that that's where that landed to try and provide that additional flexibility. And even when we tried to play around with changing the hours, we, we got a safety assessment done and, yeah, that safety assessment came back and saying, well, these even these minor changes you want to make, to remove some of the, you know, short rest breaks throughout the um, throughout the twelve-hour shift, they increase crash risk. And on on the back of that, you know, none of the people that we were were talking to, so that's some industry people, government people, were willing to support those changes because it it increased that crash risk. Fatigue is a real but, uh, a real tricky one. Um, but, but but how do we how do we have the data that says this increases the crash risk? I'm not having a go at you when I say this. I mean, uh, for me, you can have a look at where the fatigue accidents happen. And Adam, Adam uh, Gibson from NTI, and I'm sure you know who he is and what he does yeah. and the work that he does, he's actually said to me uh, in public on a podcast with me when we had a chat, he said, if you look at the uh, where the, all the fatigue accidents happen, it's just an excellent map of where the highways are. So, you, you know, <laughs> there, there is no more data. Um, we, we end up, we've got a situation where we've got different levels of, of, uh, of um, fatigue management policy, um, and I talk about we talk about things within the west and within the east, etc., etc. But if you yeah. take a cut and paste, if you take a cut and paste of the fatigue management policy in Western Australia, and then try and do an AFM policy for it in Queensland, you'll be knocked back. Hmm. And I know that for a fact. So and, yeah, so, for, for, for the record, we get that for free. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't understand. I honestly don't understand where. I mean, I, I appreciate that you, we're trying to make some improvements. For me, for me, if I want to do it, I don't disagree with the fact that this is a logbook. But for me, what I disagree with is the prescriptive. You've got to do five and a half hours. You've got to do this amount of time. You've got to have a break for twenty minutes. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Why not just say that you've got fourteen hours in the day of BFM? Do them however you like. Do them in a row if you want to. But you've got to have a 10-hour break if that happens. Because for me, and people say this to me all the time, I say, I could sit in the truck and drive for six hours and people look at me and say, I don't know how you do it. And I look at them and say, I don't know how you sit behind a desk all day. It drives me nuts. Yeah, but then that next day you can drive for six minutes in your pocket. Yeah, and, but, yeah. but what I'm saying, Aaron, is that there are people that are making the rules for us who don't do what we do and don't even understand what we do. Oh, no, I I appreciate that point that you're making because I'm the first person to say I'm not a truck driver. I don't do what yeah. you do. And if I was a truck driver, I'd be probably be a lousy truck driver. Um, <laughs> right? But 
you know, we when when we do work on fatigue, and and I'll be straight up, the NTC isn't an organisation that's an expert in fatigue, right? We are given tasks to do, and we're given a task. You know, can you look at these kinds of changes to how fatigue is done, and that's how is fatigue enforcement done, how is record keeping done, and you know, what should the rules be for for um, you know the standard hours, right? When, when you mm. need to take a break and the like, okay? Um, so we give them those bits of work. We go out and we, you know, in the case of, of fatigue stuff, we went out to market to find, you know, appropriate people with that expertise to mm. test the various ideas. And those ideas didn't, you know, originate from us. They originated from us, from from uh, governments. They, they originated from some people in industry. So, you know, through, through a whole bunch of work, a particular schedule, and, and it was asked to be tested. The people that do those those assessments, you know, they they do you know research into sleep, they do research into fatigue, which is kind of different to to what you're describing from NTI, which is showing where crashes happen. Um, doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily show when that person last took a break and how long that break was. Um, it shows yeah. you you know the physical location, of course. Yeah, they're on highways because that's where trucks are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's that's what we have to do because we've got to build. You know, we don't just get to say. Here's an idea. Please accept it. Whenever we're putting something forward, we have to build that. You know, we have to build a case. You know, does this stuff stack up? What, what, yeah, what do people I, think? I, is... I, I get it. I get what you're saying, Aaron. But what we what we're doing when every time we draw a line in the sand is we're wrecking ourselves up for the situation where, say, for example, you've got someone that's leaving Melbourne and got to go to Brisbane, then they have to make it to the camera at West Wyalong or their next day's buggered, no matter how tired they are. And that's to comply with the law. Mm. Yeah. Now, and if I'm an owner-driver, and I've got my next load lined up to come out of Brisbane and go back to Melbourne or go wherever, my motivation to drive tired is the fact that if I don't do the load and get it done and get in and get that next load and get it out, then I don't make enough money to make the payments, I don't make enough money... To put the shoes on the on the kids to go to school or put a feed on the table, and the law says I can do it, and I've got away with it for twenty years. I'm going to try and do it. Then one day I'm tired and I can't do it. The law sometimes complying with the law sometimes is more dangerous than not. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I take that, that point, and I the yeah, I I. Yeah, I accept what you're saying is is mm. something that can happen with any kind of, you know, prescriptive kind of environment that we've got. As I said, yeah. um, we are we're, we're changing the law so that the regulator, so that the NHBR has a lot more flexibility in fatigue management um, for accredited operators. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and that that provides them so long as there's you know they can they can demonstrate that there's a, a reasonable safety case might provide the kinds of flexibilities that can help people with those kinds of problems in the sense that, you know, it might allow them to drive extra hours one day provided there's additional rest on another day or something else. And again, I'm just, just, you know, ripping on that one. It's, it's however that turns out to the NHVR, but the important thing is... You're aware that that already exists in the Western Australia model, (laughs) but what you just said... Oh, I, I really, I'm sorry, I really I'm don't sorry. know how people can't see it. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. I'll probably... hours a day. You've got to think we're having a go on with uh, And you need more than 24 hours off. You need a 36-hour <laughs> break. You need two nights off. I don't know how people really just can't see it. 
I just kept blindsided over here in the West Coast. This is 14 hours a day, no count back, eight hours rest, and a decent break. Simple. Yeah. Hold your on. Catch up. Right. Um, we're not having a go here, Aaron. Sorry, mate. I, no, 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 Aaron, you've got, Aaron, you've got a lot of rules to cover. And mm. fatigue is something that's really high on drivers' minds. Whereas you, like yeah. said, you're talking length, you're talking weight, you're talking every other possible thing that the industry is going to throw at you. So we, we appreciate we've, we've consumed you with, yeah. <laughs> with our thoughts and we appreciate uh, your, your response to that. Mm. Well, no, that's, that's my pleasure. And, you know, as, as I said, we need, we, we want feedback, right? So your listeners, they can make submissions, you guys can make submissions. Um, you know, through your association and stuff like that, you're welcome to make submissions, mm. etc. We just do we, you know, we don't we don't put stuff out um, because it's fun. We put stuff out because we want to get opinions on it, views on it, and you know, I can guarantee you that whatever that final package of stuff looks like, um, there's going to be stuff in there that you might like. There's going to be stuff in there that you might not like. Um, might yeah. be some stuff that you hate. Um, but you know, we will have at least gone through a process where we've listened to multiple people. Um, and and put something together that will make a change as opposed to having some great ideas that aren't supported and therefore don't go anywhere. Mm. Yeah, well, yep. that's different, isn't it? I think these things do have to be supported. We do know that. And, uh, yeah. And I think you that's know, on, where we uh, yeah. Where you go there, Yogi? I was going to say, on, on a personal level there, Aaron, for what I do, the, the, the thing that frustrates me... Uh, as an owner-operator, and I'm an independent owner-operator, is the fact that everything takes so long. Yep. We, we're just sick of it. And all, and all we're looking for is small change. Yep. Like, like 20 metres, so I can have a 50-inch punt, not a 36-inch punt. It's a strike of the pen. Hmm. And it's just taken so long to get to that result. It just frustrates me in the well, world that I live in. Like, do the job, yeah, yeah. invoice, get paid. Hmm. Yeah. And like I said, if, if nothing else, um, I'm hopeful that this law will at least allow a strike of a pen to change those kinds of things rather than than, than have a, a heap of, of, of bureaucracy and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if we get that changed through and you get your 50-inch bunk, I'll personally come and, you know, sign my name on it or something like that. <laughs> and I'll let you drive it, Aaron. I will teach you how to drive trucks, all right? If you give that to me... Well, I've got I've got a big truck sitting in the shed that I use my little truck because I can't because I'm over 19 metres. Mm. I can't use it. Yeah. And, and that truck okay. has two beds and we can stand up and walk around. So, but I can't use it. So this is where... So we do Perth to Port Hedland run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stay in the west, but that's the only place to be. So, so this is where, Aaron, we need to encourage people to respond to these surveys and put in, you know, so that you guys have got that data to go off. That's right. That's right. And so when we've got our yeah. survey up, we'll make sure that you guys can 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 put it on your socials and other things there. A link to it. Mm. Um, going to say we're coming out of the hour, so if there's anything you could lead us towards, Aaron, that'd be great. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So have a look at the NTC website, which is ntc.gov.au. We've got a link to you know what's happening on the consultation. Um, that we're doing at the moment. Um, when you get there, because it's it's a <clears> bit <throat> of a funny one, um, just click on the bit that sort of says towards an updated heavy vehicle national law. Click on that, and it'll take you. You'll be able to have a look at the video, look at the documents, etc. And it's got instructions there for making a submission. Terrific. Perfect. Right, eh?
Well, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. You've um, certainly given us a bit of education on stuff, and I hope we've um, helped to inspire you as well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And look, uh, anytime. Don't yeah, hang up, mate. Don't hang up. Don't hang yeah, up. Doors always open. Doors always open. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. So anyway, just uh, stay on the line there, mate. But um, anyway, it's it's been a great night. We've um had a had a good discussion here, and uh, we hope listeners you come back on Saturday night. You got anything to say, Yogi? Uh, on Saturday night, mm, no. Okay. No. Anyway, mm. I was just going to say if you can't be good. Be spectacular. be spectacular. That's the one. Right, thanks everyone for listening in, and we'll be back on Saturday night. It's nine o'clock, and I'm getting pretty close. I want to go to bed myself. And thank you, Colette, for listening in tonight. No worries. <laughs> She's been in training, so. Right, everyone. Right, thanks everyone. We'll be back Saturday night.